interviewed my father, a native of the Republic of Ireland, to discuss his growing up in Ireland with specific detail to British aggression towards the Irish. With England's announcement to leave the European Union, aka Brexit, there are concerns about what this could mean for the border in Ireland. In the 1990s, violent crimes between the British and the Irish were settling down. In 1993, custom posts on the island of Ireland were abolished with the introduction of the European Union single market. In 1998, the Belfast Agreement, also known as the Good Friday Agreement, was signed, which helped relieve these disputes even further. This agreement was a peace treaty between England and Ireland over how to govern Northern Ireland, which resulted in a devolved government. I'm interviewing my dad. He's from Ireland. His name is Kieran O'Loughlin. You can introduce yourself. How are you? My name is Kieran. I'm from Dunleary, which is a suburb of Dublin in the Republic of Ireland. And when did you move here to the United States? I came over here in July of 1985. Obviously, a lot has changed in Ireland since you left in 1985, but what was it like growing up there before then? Well, it's a, a lot better now than it was when I grew up. Uh, I grew up in the Republic of Ireland, and for the most part, we were relatively unscathed by the problems in Northern Ireland. Uh, except in like 1974 when we had a, a bunch of uh, UDF militants came down and, and set off bombs in Dublin and killed scores of people. But for the most part, the Republic was safe and Northern Ireland was a million miles away, even though it was just uh, a short car ride away. What are your personal experiences um, in crossing the Irish border? Well, when I was a kid, most people didn't cross into Northern Ireland if they didn't have to. Uh, I'd been over there several times. I've never been to Belfast, but uh, it, crossing the border was never easy. It was, I mean, you were met with, uh, you had to show ID. You're in, still in your own country and you have people from England you know, with guns giving you a hard time. Uh, the last time I crossed the border was uh, especially bad. It was, it was my first or second year of college, and we went over into Newry on a booze cruise and given a hard time by the British Army, but we got our own back. <laughs> okay, so tell me more about the story you told me earlier about your dad's coworker. Well, my father had uh, would occasionally cross over into Northern Ireland and quite often in England on, on business. And in Northern Ireland, during the, the height of the so-called Troubles, I guess uh, cars from the south of Ireland with uh, southern license plates were targeted. And one of my father's co-workers, uh, she was staying at the infamous Europa Hotel and her car was, uh, someone put a bomb under her car and she had her legs blown off when she started it. The issues between the two countries started as soon as the 1600s when King James I took throne and started dividing up the land. 
The most well-known event of British aggression towards the Irish is known as Bloody Sunday. Bloody Sunday occurred on January 30, 1972 in Derry, Northern Ireland, the site of many protests throughout the years of aggression. If you're not familiar with the, this event, there was a peaceful protest in which 28 unarmed civilians were shot at by British soldiers, 14 of them succumbing to their injuries. And do you have any recollection of Bloody Sunday? I do. I was, uh, I think, just about nine years old, and I remember Bloody Sunday, and I remember it well because not so much the awful things that happened in Derry, but uh, in Dublin, people protested, rightly so, and they burnt down the British Embassy in Dublin. The protest itself had no radical ties. The association that organized the protest was the NICRA, the Northern Ireland Civil Rights Association. Can you tell me a little bit more about what went on on May 17, 1974 and your personal experiences with it? Yeah, that's when uh, the UDF, Ulster Defence Force, the Protestant paramilitary group in Northern Ireland, they came into Dublin and they set off three car bombs. And I remember it well because uh, I was about 11. I was waiting for my mother, or waiting for my father, actually talked to my mother, and we felt her house shake. And it turned out three car bombs were set off and like 26 people were killed and scores injured. And uh, my father, who worked in the city centre, he was driving home and, and most likely saw one of the, the bombers leaving his car and uh, he narrowly escaped at least two of them. He passed by two of the locations where the bombs went off minutes beforehand. When my dad was living in Ireland, there was a very well-secured border. British soldiers with guns, watchtowers, checkpoints, you name it. Now, in 2019, the border is basically invisible, for now. Because of England's leaving of the EU, the hard border will likely make an appearance once again. In more recent years of British-Irish aggression, on April 18, 2019, a journalist named Lyra McKee was murdered at a protest in Derry, Northern Ireland. Many people claim that the IRA the Irish Republican Army is responsible for her death, despite their having dissolved over the years. The Irish political party, Sinn Féin, that I associate myself with, has made it their mission to advocate for United Ireland and the British giving up their governing of Northern Ireland. Because Sinn Féin and the IRA have similar motives in Irish nationalism, Sinn Féin has unjustly been conflated with the IRA. Directly after Lyra McKee's murder, Sinn Féin released a statement denouncing the murder and attended rallies and protests of the aggression. My dad discusses that when growing up, people from the Republic didn't go to Northern Ireland unless they had to. The same is true with American travelers. People are told not to go to places like Belfast because of the amount of violence that happens.